0: We're talking men's health this hour because it is, of course, the month of November. I've seen many an attractive mo around town, some fantastic face furniture, raising money and awareness for a great cause. And joining us live on the line to answer my question, but most importantly yours, is Dr Omar Durish, Consultant Neurology at Faki University Hospital. Fantastic to have you joining us. I know you're very busy there at Faki University, so I really do appreciate your time. We are talking men's mm-hmm. health this hour. And I guess... What I kind of want to get a, an idea of is what do we mean when we're talking about men's health? What comes under that category f- for you as as a, as a doctor? Uh,
1: first of all, good afternoon to everybody, and thanks for giving me this opportunity. My there well. are many definitions. There are many definitions for men's health, but the one I pick is that it's a it's a, a state of complete mental, physical, and social health experienced by a man, uh, and it's not merely just being free of disease. And we know there are there are differences between men's and women's health uh, for many, many reasons, uh, including biological factors, behavioral factors and social factors. For example, uh, men uh, are uh, less likely to um, seek medical advice if they have symptoms, for example they are more likely to engage in uh, risky behavior like uh, smoking and risky sports, for example. So these uh, factors are taken into consideration. And that's the reason why in this month of November, we are focusing in men's health and in uh, health education for men in general.
0: Thank you for acknowledging something that I always joke to my husband about, never going to the doctor. And it feels like a bit of a stereotype. But why do you think that's true?
1: Well, men uh, try to persevere and show strength and endurance, and hence they don't uh, express their feelings and they don't seek advice uh, because of that. Uh, in addition, there are, of course, hormonal uh, differences and social differences, and uh, because of that, we try and hide our feeling and try not to express them. Uh, but this is not a healthy uh, behavior. So we need to try and educate our men, uh, our uh, colleagues, and friends and family members that they need to seek advice if there is a necessity, of course.
0: I'm really glad you mentioned mental health there because we think of things, mental and physical health, being very separate. But the more research that is done seems to think and prove just how intertwined they are. And we've spoken awful lot on the show recently around loneliness around showing vulnerability reaching out and there are some fantastic men's groups in the men's communities that have started here um, looking at, at doing just that so thank you for for making that part of the conversation up next we are going to be talking about neurological diseases as we are joined by dr omar Doesh, consultant in neurology at Farky university hospital this
2: content is for informational purposes only and does not intend to substitute professional medical advice diagnosis or treatment
0: Live on the line from Farquhar University Hospital, we've got consultant urologist Dr Omar doish We're going to be talking men's health and so many questions coming in on this topic. We can do as Gary has done and pick up the phone. How are you this afternoon? I'm good, thanks. And yourself? Yeah, really well, thank you. How can, I say we, not me, how can Dr Omar help you this afternoon?
2: <laughs> Dr Omar, it's, it's, uh, thanks for, for, for uh, answering questions for us men. Uh, just uh, the question that I have is: uh, I've got a history of prostate cancer in the family. Um, in a case of, like my grandfather died of it, uh, my father had it. Uh, in a case like this, should I do more regular tests, or just, sort of just go for the annual tests?
0: Great question. So, family history there, Doctor Omar, in uh, in Gary's family, father had it. Grandfather sadly passed away of prostate cancer. Would you mind just advising everyone today, for for gents listening, how often that prostate should be checked and from what age? And if there is a family history, do you need to be more vigilant? Uh,
1: Thank you for the question, sir. Um, First of all, we know that prostate cancer has become now a very important topic because it became the most commonly diagnosed cancer in Europe and the US among uh, old men. And there are risk factors associated with increased um, chance of having prostate cancer, mainly age as we get older. The average age at diagnosis is about 69. Uh, The other risk factor is, of course, family history. As you correctly said, if you have a first degree relative, like father or brother who has prostate cancer, then you need to have it checked early. Uh, We start screening at the age of 40. Uh, For general population, we advise to start checking the prostate at the age of 50. Uh, certain ethnic groups like people from African descent should, should start screening early at the age of 40. And it's very simple. You go and see your doctor, you give the, your medical history, and we check a blood test and we do physical examination to the prostate in addition to certain imaging modalities that we sometimes ask for in case we are questioning the possibility of the diagnosis.
0: So not to ask Gary a too personal question, how old are you, sir? (laughs) Uh,
1: I'm 47 at the moment.
0: So 47. So would you advise annual checks for Gary, given the family history or even more regularly? What would you like to see?
1: Uh, I think it depends on his first check. Uh, So we always try and use some risk factors or risk stratification to see how often we need to do the uh, screening or the checkup. But the first one is very important. And if it is negative and nothing to worry about, then we advise for a yearly checkup.
0: Gary, does that help?
2: Great. Thank you so much.
0: And I will send you doctor's details. Good luck and stay well, okay?
2: Excellent. Thank you. Cheers,
0: Gary. Appreciate it. Um, Can I ask then, um, what's keeping you busy, Dr. Omar? What are some of the common urological diseases that you're seeing in men?
1: Uh, Thanks for the question. Uh, We... uh, just to uh, inform everybody that we deal with urological disease in both genders, so. but in men, we have a um, large proportion of our patients are men because they have higher risk of certain diseases. Interestingly, for example, men have two times higher risk of having kidney stones, and um, two times higher risk uh, compared to women. Uh, two times higher risk of having uh, uh, kidney cancer, for example, and even three times higher risk of having bladder uh, cancer. So that's the reason why we advise men to seek advice if they have uh, symptoms. In addition to this, we deal with the genital or genital tract disease and infertility, which contributes in um, about 40% of uh, Couples who have uh, issue with fertility, uh, men's factor can be the uh, contributing factor to this. So we deal with that um, aspect as well.
0: So just to open the text line up, because we've had a number of messages, one asking about exactly that, about sperm count and infertility, had message about HPV for teenage boys. Are we OK to address all of those topics on the show this afternoon, Doctor?
1: Yes, of course.
0: okay, brilliant. Really appreciate. It. As I said, text lines are open. Can we come back to the prostate? Gary, they're asking about prostate cancer and risk factors. Can you explain a little bit more about this gland and why we need to know more about it?
1: Well, prostate is actually part of the reproductive system, it's a gland, but closely related to the urinary system because it lies at the base uh, under the uh, base of the bladder and the urinary passage passes through the prostate. That's the reason why a lot of the symptoms related to prostate enlargement is related to the urinary tract or the lower urinary tract, leading to what we call lower urinary tract symptoms. The gland itself contributes to the fluid uh, that uh, forms the semen. Uh, And uh, as we get older, it gets bigger in majority of men but not necessarily leads to symptoms. Mm -hmm. But the other issue, as I mentioned, is the prostate cancer, and the the, um, unique feature of prostate cancer is that it's in early stages, it can be completely asymptomatic, or it can give symptoms uh, uh, similar to the one that is related to benign prostatic enlargement, which is age-related, and it is completely different pathology. So, prostate cancer, is completely different from benign prostatic enlargement. And some men are uh, actually scared to uh, seek medical advice Mm -hmm. uh, if they have symptoms uh, fearing or from the diagnosed prostate cancer. But it's really important to know if you have the disease because the earlier you detect it, you have the better chance of curing it. So there is a curative treatment that we can offer that will just get rid of the disease completely and let you live your life With normal life expectancy.
0: So highly treatable, but you've got to have that knowledge. You've got to go in and get those checks. Um, You mentioned there about how there can be no symptoms at all. Are there any symptoms that you think are worth flagging just for everyone's general knowledge around the potentials of prostate cancer, Dr. Omar?
1: Uh, Luckily, uh, prostate cancer in majority of cases grows slowly and maybe it will just Uh, grow and progress without causing any harm. But uh, if there are symptoms uh, related directly to prostate cancer, maybe this is an indication of the uh, disease being in advanced stage, like having blood in the urine, difficulty holding urine, or uh, problem with bowel control. And in some cases, maybe some uh, bone pain, like in the hips or the back or the chest, uh, uh, or uh, losing weight. Uh, These are symptoms related to advanced disease, and luckily we don't see them too often these days, because... We have uh, a great advances in early detection and uh, diagnosis of prostate cancer, so we see less cases of advanced prostate cancer. Good.
0: Dr. Omar, we're going to keep you with us, if you don't mind. I'm sealing you away from a very busy clinic at Faki University Hospital because we've had a number of messages that I want to help people out with. Stella's asking... What do you think about the HPV for teenage boys? Anonymous message here saying, my dad's had elevated prostate results and had a consultation. They've organized an MRI for him in two days, which seems urgent. Do you think this might be might mean they're worried? And great question here from a wife saying, my husband's got a urology appointment tomorrow following a low sperm count SA. I don't know what an SA is, but you can explain that for me in a minute.
2: This content is for informational purposes only and does not intend to substitute professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.
0: Joining us to Mark Movember and talking men's health this hour is Dr. Omar Doesh, consultant in urology at Faki University Hospital. We've had a number of messages. Dr. Omar, how do you feel about a little quickfire round on the text line, sir? Yes. Right. A message here from Stella saying, what do you think about the HPV for teenage boys? I presume it's about the vaccine um can you explain a little bit briefly if you don't mind about what hpv is and if teenage boys should indeed be getting that vaccine Uh,
1: thanks for the question hpv is stands for human papilloma virus it's a sexually transmitted disease but it can be transmitted through other ways as well there are at least 50 strains different strains of the virus but some of them are very important related to the women's health particularly because they increase the risk of having precancerous cancerous uh, cells in the cervix and this leads to cervical cancer and hence it's important to consider vaccination and uh, in I think uh, majority of European countries and the UK, they advise to have the vaccine at the teenage period to try and reduce the risk of catching this infection and hence reduce the incidence of cervical cancer. For, for, for men, the risk is really small, they can cause what we call genital warts. And in very rare occasions, they can also lead to uh, what we call uh, benign cancer. But the main risk is for women. So that's the reason why we need to consider v- a vaccination of teenagers mm. to reduce the risk of the uh, cancer in women.
0: Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Um, We've also had a message, an anonymous message here saying, um, thank you both. My dad had elevated prostate results and had a consultation earlier this week. They've organized an MRI for him on Thursday, which seems very urgent to me. Do you think this means they're worried? You can't possibly say this without this being your patient and of course knowing the numbers and and what's been seen. But in terms of if you wouldn't mind speaking to the process when it comes to um, looking for and indeed um, a diagnosing prostate cancer. Dr. Omar, would you mind explaining?
1: Yeah, first of all, I always say to my patients that diagnosis is actually 50% of the treatment. If you don't have the correct diagnosis, then you might not be able to offer the right the treatment. So I can assure the uh, patient and his family that they are in the stage of diagnosis, not to worry, and the process might take some time. But the uh, process of pro- uh, diagnosing prostate cancer starts from the clinical assessment, taking history, examining the patient, and then relying on the PSA. PSA stands for prostate specific antigen and a protein secreted by the prostate in very small concentration in normal situation but if there is a disease in the prostate this goes up uh, to a higher levels and we have three that we compare with and in this scenario we need to uh, do further investigation to check if there's a cancer or not there are Other causes, so we uh, say that PSA is organ-specific, secreted by prostate, but it's not disease-specific because it can be raised due to other diseases like benign prosthetic enlargement, infection, and urinary tract infection, and sometimes even examining the prostate itself can raise the PSA. So if we have high PSA, then we need to consider other uh, aspects like the patient age their general health and if there's any other possible causes for raised PSA the first thing we do in terms of investigation we do initial ultrasound scan and physical examination and in some occasions when we do risk specification we proceed to MRI which is magnetic resonance imaging and with the recent advances in this technology, we can sometimes even decide of if the patient needs more investigation. Sometimes we do the MRI and we say to the patient considering his PSA and other aspects that maybe you don't need anything else, just mm-hmm. monitoring. But the definitive diagnosis of prostate cancer is taking biopsy from the prostate and this will be decided within the context of the other investigations the MRI, the patient himself, and we always involve the patient in the decision making because proceeding with biopsy will have its own implication. But I can also assure the um, uh, the, the the patient that there is only one in three chance that the biopsy will show cancer and maybe the patient will need uh, further uh, treatment steps.
0: Dr. Omar, thank you so much for speaking. So clearly um, on something that I think a lot of people have got a lot of fear and a lot of confusion about. So really appreciate your time this afternoon, with your permission. If people send me the word "doctor," would it be okay to send your profile there on the Farka University Hospital website so people can reach out individually? Would that be okay? Yes. Of Thank course. you. Thank really you. appreciate it. talking men's health uh, consultant neurologist Dr. Omar Dawish.
2: This content is for informational purposes only and is not intend to substitute professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.